Welcome to the First Baptist Church podcast from First Baptist Church in Navasota, Texas. For more information, visit fbcnavasota.org. As the kids are heading that direction, I want to say thank you again to all the folks who help out with this. Natalie, don't worry about it. Listen, if you've not been hip here on a Wednesday night to see what goes on, there's a lot of work that goes into it, and it appears on the outside to be a little bit chaotic, but let me tell you something. The folks who are helping out on Wednesday night are doing an incredible ministry, and these kids are hearing the, the good news of Jesus Christ, and it is changing their lives. And we are very grateful that you are letting us have your kids, at least, if, if nothing else, just for the Wednesday nights. And this is, this is what comes out of those kinds of things. I know we've got a lot of visitors to he- here today, and you may be here just to see grandkids, kids, nieces, nephews, those kinds of things, but we are delighted to have you here. Uh, thank you again to all the folks who help out with the children's ministry on Wednesday nights. Natalie, Jenna, I'm, I'm going to leave people out, and I apologize for that, uh, but um, uh, Joanna, Moreland, thank you to all of you guys who really do help out. It really does make a difference, and it really does impact these kids, and it, we are very, very grateful. Y'all give the kids another round of applause for all that they did today. One of the things that, that is our yearly tradition, and we do have some visitors here today, so I want to take just a brief moment to explain. This is the Advent wreath. We light the Advent wreath to help us remember certain aspects of Christmas, because especially at this time of year, if you watch the Hallmark Channel or look at the commercials in football, while you're watching a football game, you will see that the world wants us to believe that Christmas is about the stuff. It's about shopping. It's about all those other things, and those, that's, I suppose that's part of it. But Christmas, true Christmas, is about the birth of Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ was born of a virgin. He was prophesied long in advance. He lived a sinless life. He died and was resurrected so that we can be saved. The Bible tells us in Matthew 9, 12, that it's not the the healthy who need to go see a doctor. It's those who are sick. And whether we know it or not, each and every one of us is. Each and every one of us is sinful. The Bible says so that all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. So how is it that we can be saved? There's no amount of money, no amount of good deeds that you can do to be saved, and God knew that. What he did was he sent his son because he promised it. And it is only through the blood of Jesus Christ that we can be saved. That's what these kids were singing about. That's what Christmas is about. The birth of Christ was foretold hundreds of years before his birth. God promised it. It was foretold. And that's why we celebrate Christmas. That God was true to his promise and he gave us his son, Jesus. And that's why we light the Advent candle, the candles of the Advent wreath. The first candle was lit so that we would remember the prophets. The second candle was lit so that we would remember the angels. I suppose I should be lighting the candles as I do this, right? That would make much more sense, wouldn't it? And the candle that we light today for the first time is the pink candle. It is the candle that helps us remember the shepherds. It's a little bit different because if you look at the story, the progression here, the first candle was for the prophets, the people who foretold the coming of Christ. The second candle was for the angels, the ones who actually said, he's here. The third candle were the shepherds, the ones who heard the proclamation, the ones who heard the pronouncement, the ones who were graced with the very first notice that Christ was born. 
And that seems to be one of those little details that we overlook from time to time, but it's very important, and here's why. The shepherds were among the lowly, lowest of society. When a king is foretold, when a coming of a king, a king, the highest ruler of the land can, is coming, you would have expected Christ to come forth and be presented to the kings of the land. But he wasn't. He was foretold, and he was pronounced to shepherds, the lowest of society. And what that means is that Christ isn't, God isn't just interested in saving the wealthy or the important or the popular or the pretty. He's in, interested in saving everyone. It doesn't matter what your station in life is, how wealthy you are, how popular you are, whether you're a celebrity or no one knows who you are. God loves you. God loves you. And God sent Jesus for you. And so today we light the candle of the shepherds, reminding us that it doesn't matter what your station in life is. God loves you and sent his son as promised for you. Guys, every time that we have little boys and girls um, share in a musical, and that was wonderful this morning. I'm grateful for you all. Every time we do that, uh, you get to see a kind of a glimpse of what kind of ability God has put into people's lives that you don't get to see any other time of year. Uh, I, there, there's one of these Christmas type of play musicals that I remember most of all, and it was the Christmas time that uh, Gabby Goudeau played uh, Herod. Any of y'all remember that? Gabby Goudeau died on the stage up here in the most dramatic fashion I've ever seen a 10-year-old girl have. She staggered, she groaned, and she flopped down the stairs, and there were really people that thought she was injured, okay? Some, that this wasn't part of the play. Guys, when we read the Christmas story of the birth of Jesus and what all went around it, it wasn't just what happened in Mary and Joseph's life. It wasn't just what happened in Bethlehem. The birth of Jesus affected everything in that day and even today. And guys, when we gather around and we hear and read the, the stories again that are so familiar to us, I want you to go ahead and ask God to open up your heart to the place where you'll listen not to a pastor's voice and not to the songs that are around only, but I want you to listen also because there's something that God wants to speak to your heart and mind this morning. And it's through His Holy Spirit. He wants to be able to tell you that Jesus is coming just for you. And that 2,000 years ago, it wasn't, it, it wasn't by chance that he was born to a couple that had a lot of things to overcome. It was his plan, the same type of plan he has for your life and mine. You see, Jesus' birth is leading to rebirth, and that's the real Christmas story. Um, let me ask you a question. Do you know how many of y'all, and this is, this is a raise your hand deal, how many of you all here know what a reveal party is? Hold your hands up. Okay, I'm looking around, and everyone who is my age and up are kind of going, eh, heard about it, eh. A reveal party. Uh, it is where a couple holds a get-together with friends or family to share the sex of the expected child that is to come. 
It's a fun way to save time telling all those close to you the same news over and over and over and over again. I want you to know that in scriptures, Mary and Joseph had a reveal party. They did. Well, Mary did, okay? At least Mary. Joseph got his news from a dream and a vision a little while later. The angel Gabriel appeared to them and appeared to her and shares that God has chosen her for the greatest adventure she would ever experience in her life. We're going to read that this morning. It's found in Luke's Gospel, chapter 1, verse 26 through 33. Let me invite you to stand together. We do this to honor the reading of God's Word. And I'm going to invite you to go ahead and read this with me. Now in the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent from God to a city in Galilee called Nazareth, to a virgin engaged to a man whose name was Joseph, of the descendants of David, And the virgin's name was Mary. And coming in, he said to her, Greetings, favored one. The Lord is with you. But she was very perplexed at this statement and kept pondering what kind of salutation this was. The angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bear a son, and you shall name him Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High. And the Lord God will give him the throne of his father David. And he will reign over the house of Jacob forever. And his kingdom will have no end. May God bless the reading of his word. Please be seated. Now guys, this particular reveal was only to a single person. It was only to one person. But Gabriel, the angel that was called to do this, could not keep his mouth shut and keep to the script that he was supposed to follow. Guys, it's a really easy thing. If you have something to say, you ought to get up, say it, and sit down. Some of you all are wishing that would happen right now with me, right? The angel Gabriel had only one real mission, and that was to tell Mary... Mary, you are going to be the mother of the Messiah. But when he began to go ahead and share a little bit more about what was going on, it became evident that this was something that Gabriel had looked forward to since the foundation of the earth. Let me ask you a question. Have you ever seen a person that was so excited that they kind of shook or wiggled because they had news that they had to give? Gabriel has finally been given this great task of announcing the the reveal to Mary, and it happens in a manner that echoes throughout the Bible. The angel appears, and folks are absolutely astonished. And he's so full of joy that it begins to pour out of him. Now, Gabriel's only mission and message was that one, to share the good news that the Messiah was to be born. And those observant Jews who had long been waiting for that day would rejoice at the news. But Gabriel says more. Not only does he break the news to Mary, but he starts giving a job description of the baby Jesus. He's going to do this. He's going to be this. He's going to be everything. It's like a proud uncle or a doting aunt on a new child. Guys, I want to share with you 
that when the reveal of Jesus Christ was given to all of the world, to Mary first, but to you and me through Scripture now, 2,000 years later, it ought to stir something up in us, not just the, the, the sameness of the story again of a particular time of year. It ought to go ahead and at least stir us to the point of saying, you know, that is a really cool thing that God did. A really neat thing that God planned centuries and centuries before. And as Ross shared a moment ago, the prophets who said, this is what's going to happen. Here's where it's going to happen. These are the things that are surrounding the happening. And as he shares this message with Mary, it's interesting what happens in her life. Let me ask you a question. Have you ever been that full of joy like Gabriel was? Have you ever been that full of joy? Look, I've seen some of you all when you've had great things happen in your life. I've seen some of you all when you have, have found out that you're going to be having another child. And I see the astonishment in your eyes, mostly from the guys who are kind of going, I can't believe that happened. The great thing about the joy that God gives is it's an overwhelming moment and emotion of astonishment. Most of the time when we when we hear about a coming birth, we kind of go through a range of emotions. I tease, I tease Joe, I tease you all the time about it. When Joe found out that Heather was going to give birth to Judah, that, that she was pregnant, he staggered into my office. Okay, It was a, a regular Monday morning, and he walks in, and Joe never does that. Joe always knocks, very polite young man. He knocks on the door, and he walks in, and he, he kind of sits down, in a chair, and he and he and this was so millennial. It was so millennial. He says, "So, Heather's pregnant." Now, me hearing that, and knowing Heather is right outside the door as my secretary, I'm kind of like, "Wow, that's cool." Joe wasn't. <laughs> he just was kind of like, "I'm in shock." Now, the joy came after the shock and the astonishment. Guys, listen. The very emotion that that Joe showed there is the same thing that Mary shows in that story. The Bible says she's perplexed. Now, that's a wonderful Greek word that means she was wrapping her mind around this but saying, this can't be. And it's interesting what happens with, with the angel. The angel ends up telling, Gabriel tells Mary, and the first words out of his mouth when when he makes this announcement, hey, Mary, you have been blessed by God is looking at you and saying, you're the person that I've picked out of all the people in the world to do this. You're the person. And the Bible says she's perplexed, and that word is not fear. And it's interesting what happens with Gabriel. Gabriel answers the same answer that all angels answer when they meet before a person. He, he says, don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. Mary's not afraid. Mary's not afraid. She's absolutely shocked. This is something out of the blue that really was not expected. Guys, let me share with you. Your life and mine 
should be surrounded and full of joy if we have the promise that God loved you and me enough that he sent his only begotten son 2,000 years ago to be born in a manger, to die on a cross, so that you and I would have everlasting, not just kind of one of the fellowships we have here in church where we all stand up and we sing, sing songs to God and hope that it gets through the sea going all the way to the throne of heaven. Let me share with you, God didn't do that. God came down in the flesh just like you and me so that he could buy us back from our sin so that we would not just be residents of heaven but right up close with him. Close enough that he's sitting closer than the person next to you in a pew. That close to you. That ought to bring you and me great joy. And God's arrival in your life is always surrounded by joy. Oftentimes we forget those real milestones in our lives from what they feel like. That is what is so rich about the birth narrative of Jesus. We've heard it hundreds of times, and it still moves us. The Bible says in Psalm 35, 30, verse 5, it says, Joy comes in the morning. And it's really interesting where that verse is surrounded in Scripture. It says there's a range of emotions that go through your, your life and mine throughout the day. There are some things that absolutely anger us. There are some things that flummox us. There are some things that, that grab us and move us. But it says the first thing that ought to happen when you open your eyes in the morning is there ought to be joy. And the joy comes from a couple of things. First of all, that God cared about you enough that before you were you, He knew you, and He already provided for your salvation. That's why we're here today. That's what this is about. It's not about listening to a pastor or watching little boys and girls sing. It is about going before God who loved you enough to say, I want you to set one little time a, a week so that you and I can go ahead as a family in Christ and worship and give thanks and pray and sing and praise. And guys, listen, that same God wants you to have joy. Not just walk through the seasons of your life emotionless, but know that He loves you enough that you can feel something and feel it this morning. The good news is joy comes in the morning and in the morning of our life, whether we are 95 years old or nine months old, he allows that joy to come into your life as a life-altering change that Jesus Christ makes. And you can have that joy this morning. God waits on the joy of your yes to Him. The Bible says that when you and I come to Christ, when we finally say by faith we believe that Jesus Christ was born, raised, lived, and died for your sin and mine, the Bible says that when we accept that and receive that, and we do it by faith, with God's grace, it says a party of joy erupts in heaven because of what you did here on earth. That's why joy comes in the morning, guys. That's why every morning when you wake up, you can give thanks to God 
I'm alive, and God has given me the privilege of one more day to serve and honor Him. You see, when the Messiah comes into our lives, there should be no great surprise. You see, in, every, in virtually every other occasion in the Bible, as I shared before, the appearance of an angel causes fear. And the Bible says that Mary was not, was not fearful, but she was troubled. Change is always troubling. Christ coming into your life and taking charge means that you're no longer boss. And that means a life-altering course change in your life in such a way that He takes you to places that you had no reason to go except for Him. And the surprise is the life that you have after Jesus changes your life, after Jesus comes in, after He begins to do the cleanup in your life and mine. And when that happens, that's when the joy really is realized. You're not the same person that you were. That's why there's joy this morning that God offers you and me. That joy is the very thing that Ross shared a moment ago. The fact that he loves you. He always has and he always will. Now listen, when you read this story, understand Mary had a lot of questions in this. And faith, listen, please hear this. Faith does not, when you and I have a faith in Christ, it does not answer immediately every single question you have about why things are the way they are. Mary had a lot of questions. But she still believed. Who? What is happening to me? How am I going to be a mom when... How are people going to react to me being a mom and not being married? While all of these things wrapped around Mary's life, and we read this in the Scripture and we sometimes just gloss over it, it was life-altering to her because as Jesus was born through her, she knew that it was going to make her life not more difficult, but completely different. Christ comes into your life and is born in your life. And you are born again. Birth of Christ to rebirth of you. When that happens, it's life-altering. And you can have questions about what this means. If I ask Jesus into my life, what's it going to cost me? If He comes in and becomes Lord of my life, Am I going to have to give up this? Am I going to have to change this? And while you might be able to go ask a pastor or any other friend about that, let me share with you, the one that you need to ask about what changes God wants to make in your life, guys, listen to me. This is the glory of this season. We can go right to God, not through a pastor, not through a friend, not through a cell phone, not through Al Gore's internet. We can go right to God and ask Him those very questions because He's big enough to handle them. God can handle your questions, your anxiety, your doubts this morning. Guys, I want you to understand this. In the moment of your greatest anxiety about what's going on in your life right now, here's what I want you to do. Breathe. Breathing's important. Try not breathing for a while. Really bad. 
breathe and understand that God has already seen your tomorrow and is using right now to prepare you for what he has already seen is going to happen, just as he did for your eternity. He prepared his son Jesus to be born in this world to die for my sin. Oh, by the way, yours too. For my sin, so that I will have my tomorrow and my everlasting tomorrow and your tomorrow and your everlasting tomorrow with him. That's his great love for you. And that's why he was born in wonderful reveal to a girl named Mary who said it was okay. Let me ask you, is it okay in your life that he invades the most intimate part of you to become the very great thing he wants you to become? My hope is that you'll be like Mary and say, let it be so. Let's pray.